Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We're going to pray. Thank you to everyone who supported the book and your messages, comments, reviews, all those things have really helped and really do appreciate it. I pray it's helping you as well on this journey to freedom. The whole premise of the book is dare to be free, dare to be the real you. God wants you to live in freedom. Turn to the person close to you and say, God wants you to live in freedom. God wants you to live in freedom. The greatest gift, the greatest gift to the world is the real you the one that God created you to be. Not the insecure you or the insecure me or the fearful me or the fearful you. It's the real you. A you out of any of that baggage. So we're going to pray. We're going to believe God today that we can remove another mask. Are you ready? Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for what you've already done in the service. We thank you that as a church we've been able to be a blessing to the folks in India who are in real dire straits right now. Father, this is the time in the service where you want to do some things in us. So, Father, I pray as we unpack this next mask that you will help us even to acknowledge that we're wearing it, but also give us the tools, give us the battle plan to remove it. We thank you that there is freedom in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you guys can take a seat. Let's thank the worship team as well as they jump down. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, For we, that's us who are unveiled, our unmasked faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness. Paul wrote this passage. Paul was possibly the greatest redemptive story in the Bible. Paul persecuted and even murdered fellow believers. And he shows us that no one is beyond the redemptive power of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what life has, what's happened to you in life, no one is beyond redemption. And our personal goal, as Paul writes, is to be transformed into his likeness. What is my personal goal in life? It's not to accumulate more stuff. My personal goal and your personal goal in this life is to become more like Jesus. Do you know this world would be a whole lot better if we all became more like Jesus? Jesus is kind. Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is loving. Jesus is forgiving. Who doesn't want to become more like Jesus? And transformation begins by recognizing that we all need to become more like Jesus. And in this book, Unmasked, we unpack 10, 10 masks. These are 10 personal masks that I've struggled with. I've tried to put it into writing. And last week we looked at fear. Fear was a big one to start with because fear is real. We all deal with it. Probably you've even been challenged by it this week. Fear is rooted in control. What we can't control, we fear. We like to control our lives talked about that last week. If you didn't get the message, you can catch up. Now, we've been leading Soul Church, Chantel and I, in June for seven years. Seven years. our seven-year anniversary. And by the way, keep the 28th of June very free in your calendar. 27th. Keep the 28th free as well, because you might have a church hangover. 
the 27th of June. It's what we're describing Irreversible Sunday. We're going to have a bit of a party. And we're going to celebrate what God has done in over the last seven years. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But we've got baptisms and all sorts of great things planned. But over the last seven years, if I had to describe one word that's caused people more pain than any other word in seven years, more, more, more hurt, it would be the word rejection. Rejection. You see, when I mention the word rejection, our minds can go back to a person or a place or a moment in our lives where we have experienced hurt and rejection. So today, this message is really for anyone who's ever felt unwanted. This message is for anyone who's feeling unloved right now or unneeded. This message is for anyone whose dad didn't stick around when you were young. He wasn't ever at your school to watch your performance or your match. Today, this is a word for every single parent who's had to battle this last 12 months feeling alone without support that you needed. To every lonely, ostracized college student, sixth former, who doesn't know what it is to feel cool at school. You're not in the cool crew. Today, this is a message for anyone who's sitting alone in church. Because your family and friends have rejected your newfound faith. See, when we hear the word rejection, it brings back memories. For some of you, it doesn't bring back memories. It brings about the present. Maybe you were rejected in a relationship. Three times. I asked Chantel in Bible school for a date. And she had a date with my guitar teacher with dreadlocks. <laughs> True story. Maybe you're rejected on social media. You know, social media is real. The rejection of it. You went to bed with 500 followers and you woke up this morning with 499. That means somebody had the audacity in the middle of the night to unfollow you. And you have racked your brains for the last two hours. I don't know who that is. And you've gone through all the lists and you're looking, you've downloaded the app. Oh, and there. That's the world we live in. Because everybody is looking for acceptance, whether it's in the classroom, in the home, on social media platforms, people are looking for acceptance. You can even be rejected in church. They chose someone else to sing on the guitar. They chose someone else to hold the microphone. They chose someone else in the team. I had to park all the way down the road this morning. I've been coming here for 20 years and they put me down there. I'm going home. I get more emails in this church about parking than anything else. Why? Because even when we get to the gates of the church and someone does this, you know, something inside of us reacts. Now, why is that? I'll tell you why. Because John 10.10 10 says, I have come that you might have life and live life to the full. Rejection, write this down, rejection is an antichrist spirit. Because Jesus is a God of acceptance, 
of love. Jesus never turned people away. Jesus accepted everyone. So the moment we feel a sense of rejection, it's anti who Christ is. I think rejection has a way of destroying a person's life like nothing else can. King Solomon, an Old Testament wise king, put it like this. He said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14, a man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? What's he saying? He's basically saying we can put up with physical sickness, but when someone rejects us, it crushes the life out of us. You know, I've broken bones in my body, playing football growing up, and Bones kind of fix themselves and you get over and physical pain comes and physical pain goes. But here's the thing, a crushed spirit. When someone crushes you, when someone rejects you, it has the potential to cause so much pain. The sad fact is that almost everybody at some point has been affected by rejection in this service. Put your hands up if you've ever been affected. The rest of you? Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This is what rejection does. It stops you moving forward. Stops you moving forward. The moment you pick up that spirit, it stops you moving forward, Paul says. And here's the challenge. Now, I'm gonna, I've got a prof- I felt God gave me a prophetic word for the church. Okay, so you might want to write this down. It's very deep. You are going to have the opportunity to be rejected this week. I mean, how powerful is that? But here's the thing. It will come. It will come. I want to talk just for a few minutes called Rejection Unmasked. Rejection Unmasked. As long as I am alive and as long as I am around people, I'm going to have the opportunity to be rejected. If you don't want to be rejected, stay at home with your teddies. Because they'll just keep loving you. But life rejects us. So the question isn't, when will it happen? Because it will. The question is, how do we deal with it? But why does it hurt us so much? Because it destroys the life which Christ came to give. God never designed you to live or feel abandoned, alone. God is the God of love. You know, really it just comes, the root of rejection is misplaced identity. Parents, maybe we could never live up, maybe your parents set high standards for you at school. Maybe your teachers expected grades from you that you felt you could never achieve. Maybe your friends, your identity's been rocked on social media because someone didn't like your post or comment on your story and Our identity is all in these things. So this is our first takeaway today. Whenever we base our identity on someone or somebody other than what God's word says about us, we are prone to rejection. So whenever you base your identity, whether it's on social media, even a family member, a work colleague, Hollywood, whenever you base your identity on something other than what God's word says about you, you are prone to rejection. We set ourselves up for it. And what does it produce in our life? Rejection only produces negative fruit. The fundamental fruit, and I talk a lot about it in the second chapter, but the fundamental fruit of rejection is isolation. 
Because when we get rejected, what's the first thing we want to do? Pull away from the family member. Pull away from the business colleague. Pull away from the child. Pull Why? Because people closest to us often hurt us the most. I've seen it in church. People get offended. People feel rejected. What do they do? They pull back. What do they? They pull back from where they sit. They pull back from giving. They pull back from serving. They pull back from dream team. They pull back. Now, where does a predator attack the sheep? He never attacks the group. He attacks the one on the peripheral. And so the devil is crafty. The devil is clever. He allows a root of offense, rejection, to be birthed and seeded in our hearts. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. And we get a hard heart. One of the best pieces of advice I got given as a young man was have thick skin and a soft heart. How to get through life. Have thick skin and a soft heart. Don't go through life with hard skin and a hard heart. So people, the enemy comes and suddenly our health's under attack. Our business is under attack. Simply because we've allowed the root of rejection to take hold in our hearts. This is why this is such a big subject. But it's actually not rejection which shapes our life. And I talk a lot about this in chapter 2. It's not rejection which shapes our life. It's our response to it. It's never what happens to us. It's how we respond to it which shapes our life. And so how do we remove the mask? We're going to unpack this just for a few minutes. One of the most practical and helpful things you can ever do in life is to develop a plan. And so this I'm going to call a battle plan for when rejection strikes, because it will strike. And this is my rejection battle plan for us, because it could come straight after the service. So you've got to know, we've got to know how to handle it. And despite what many will tell you, the answer Like all the masks that we face, the answer is found in Jesus. The answer is found in Jesus. Writing a book has been fun. It's been hard work. It's been fun. But also, I got tested this week because when you put yourself out there, you give an opportunity to people to tear yourself down or tear you down. And not everyone likes it and not everyone's for you. Not everyone's... And so here's the thing. When you move forward in life, and when God gives you opportunities, here's the thing, opportunity will always attract rejection. And so when I'm feeling rejected, and when you're feeling rejected, I'm going to ask us to ask ourselves three questions. These three questions can come up on the screen. This is the first one, and this is is something I had to deal with on Monday morning. Who do I live my life to please? Who do I live my life to please? The question of how we handle rejection is a lot easier when we ask ourselves, who am I actually trying to please anyway? And Paul gives us the answer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He says, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us. He chose us to be holy without fault in his eyes. If you're struggling or struggled with rejection, Paul gives us simple four truths here into removing the mask of rejection. The first thing he says is this. He says, God created you. He made the world. Now, breaking news, you did not evolve from a chimpanzee. He created you. He created you. You weren't created in the image of a monkey. God created you. You are unique. 
He says, I will praise you, David said, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not an accident. You didn't result off the back of a big bang. God created you in his image, in his likeness. And we need to start speaking the truth again. Young people, students in school, what about when they start teaching some of this? We stand up and say, in my opinion, it is very different because I have a holy God who is my father. He is my creator. We cannot allow our children to continue to get brainwashed in science that they were a result of a big bang. No, they were created in God's image. And when you start understanding that you were created, you will have a new identity. If you think you're an accident, you're going to have identity issues. He loves you. Second thing that Paul says is God loved us. He created us and he loves us. 1 John 3, 1 says, it is my desire to lavish my love on you. No matter what life throws at us, no matter what mistakes we make, there is this one constant, friend. He loves you. He loves you. My audience of one loves me. Social media might reject you. People might reject you. The institution, the organization, the business, even the church. But here's the good news today. He created me and he loves me. God will never abandon you. He will never take sides against you. He will never reject you. He created you. He loves you. And it goes on. He says, he chose you. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Well, how good is that? You know, God chose you. God chose you for your family. God chooses your family. You choose your friends. God chose you in your family, which means you can handle them. God chose you for your job. God chose you for this moment in history. God chose you. God chose you. You may not feel adequate today, but I want to remind you again that you are chosen. I want you to say this, I am chosen. I was created. I was loved. But here's the good news. I am chosen. What am I doing right now? I'm trying to paint a picture of a new identity for you. And then he says this, he says, I chose you without fault. God chose you and then God sees you. God sees you. You know, we live in a world, we're just longing to be liked. We're longing to be seen. We're longing for someone to take notice, someone to give us a pat on the back, someone to say well done, someone to cheer us on. And God's saying, hey, if you live your life for an audience of social media or an audience of people in your family or people around you, That may never come, but here's the good news. I see you, and I see you without fault. I look past your issues. I look past your flaws. I look past your mistakes, and I still see you. Nobody else sees you the way that God sees you. Psalm 103, 12 says, Our sins have been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. You know what people want to do? People want to pick on your past. The amount of people who tell me something I did in 2003. I'm sorry. You're going to have to get over it quickly. But here's the deal. God doesn't see what I was in 2003. He sees me right now. 
and he sees what I can be, and he sees what we can be. You see, religion will always point out your flaws. Religion will always point out your mistakes, and others will too. But today, God does not judge you according to your past or your sin or your mistakes. He's already judged his son Jesus on the cross. And today there is this beautiful filter which is between you and God. It's called the cross. And he took every single one of your sins, past, present, and future. And when you come into church, you can lift your hands, not in condemnation or guilt or shame, the terrible twins. You can lift your hands up in freedom and say, I know I messed up this week. I know I fell short, but God, your grace is stronger than my sin. Now that is his identity for you. If anyone is in Christ, just wave your hand if you're in Christ today. You're a follower of Christ. Well, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. I love preaching grace. It is so freeing. It is so relaxing. You can just rest in the finished work of Christ. My identity is in Christ. I want you to say this right now. My identity is in Christ. He created you. He loves you. He chose you. He sees you. But I like being accepted by others. Acceptance from others only produces happiness. Acceptance from the Father produces joy. So when we're looking for acceptance on social media, the problem is we get a fix and then it goes away, so we need another fix. So we're constantly, but when you know your identity is in Christ, wow. He is my audience of one. So we have a choice. Who am I going to live my life to please? Who are we going to live our life to please? You can live, and I can live my life, the applause of man or the applause of God. And I've decided, and it's a daily decision, I'm going to live my life for the audience of one. You know, I woke up on Monday morning. Maybe you know this feeling as well after you've done a presentation or done something, and you start thinking about all the things that you should have said. You ever had a big meeting at work, and then you walk out and go, oh, I didn't say the very thing. All the things I should have written. All the things I shouldn't have written. All the things I should have said. Shouldn't. We all have these moments, because the enemy wants to come, Percy Parrot, sit on your shoulder. Oh, you should have said that. It would have been a whole lot better if you'd done that. Why didn't you do this? I literally felt the presence of God as I woke up, and he just said this. John, I'm so proud of you. Nothing else, actually, no one else matters. Young person, young adult, you don't have to get your approval from this jacked up world. Your approval today is in God. He is my audience of one. That is where my identity is. Is this helping anyone? Drop us some comments in the chat. Second question is this, do I accept that rejection is failure? Do I accept rejection is failure? So easy to experience rejection and go, life's over. 
You've been rejected in a relationship. You've been in an abusive relationship. Someone's walked out the door. or Maybe you, you've struggled at school or you've struggled in your education and you've been told you're not good enough and we felt rejected. I know many of you have felt the pain and the torment of rejection. We fear it's over. Jesus was rejected his whole life. Even before he was even born, the Christmas story begins with rejection. Luke 2.7 says there was no room for him in the inn. Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem for two reasons. Number one, they had to fulfill the census. But Joseph was born in Bethlehem. Not many people know that. So when Joseph went back to Bethlehem, he was going back to have his baby near his family. Now, Chantal and I know this firsthand because we lived in Cape Town for six years and we had our first child miracle there. And we had a big decision to make as a family. We didn't have any family support there, her family and my family. And we had a decision to make. Do we fly back to the US or the UK to have our child? Because when you're around friends and family, who knows, that season is tough. When you don't have anyone there, we felt that the right thing to do was to stay in South Africa. But I tell you what, it would have been a whole lot easier if mum and her mum and the family around us because we would have had people just to grab hold of the baby when, when she was screaming, and boy, she did that well. So when Joseph headed back to Bethlehem, yes, he had to fulfill his legal commitment, but he also knew that he grew up in the area, which meant family and friends and support. So he goes back, and the Bible says there is no room. Now, why would his family and friends reject him? Well, the answer is simple. They had a baby outside of wedlock. They had a baby outside of wedlock, which means actually, in Middle Eastern times, that was forbidden. And he would have been ostracized. He was rejected. And baby Jesus, before he even entered this earth, did not have a place to rest his head. No room at the inn. Maybe some of you can relate to being rejected by family and it's caused you to wear a mask. You shouldn't be looking for a hotel if you have family in the same town. And Joseph is surrounded by shepherds when he should have been surrounded by loved ones. Rejection. Then Jesus, he grows up and his first day at work, the Bible says they tried to stone him to death. You felt you had a first bad day. Well, yeah, the boss was tough on me today on my first day. Well, they tried to chuck stones at Jesus. I mean, Jesus knew what rejection was. Then the Bible says in his ministry, he returns to Nazareth where he goes back to see his family and loved ones, but they reject him. The Bible says he couldn't even perform any mighty miracles in that town. Why? Because he felt rejected. But rejection did not define Christ's life. And rejection must not define your life. This mask, this mask is probably one of the most difficult to remove. But it will bring you into freedom. Rejection is a comma in your life, not a full stop. 
For some people, rejection is like an exclamation mark. It is over. I'm rejected. I'm finished. I'm done. And God sent me here today to tell you in your living room, in your kitchen, to tell you it is not over. You might have been rejected in that job. I want you to try again. You might have been accepted for that, rejected for that mortgage application. Why don't you go again? You might have been rejected in that marriage. God has got a new season and a relationship waiting for you. Come on, is there anyone out there who says, God, rejection is not final. You know, it's out of our greatest rejection comes our greatest redirection. My life and your life has been a sequence of simple redirection through rejection. You know, redirection can actually be a blessing in your life because it gives you fresh direction. Every time we feel rejected, I remember at 17 years old, I was rejected in the Norfolk Constabulary. By the way, that was a good thing for the county. They did not need me in COVID. Rejected in Norwich City Academy at 1920. Rejected. My whole life and your life has been a sequence of rejection. But it hasn't because rejection has turned into redirection where God said, hey, I've got a greater plan for you. At 34 years old, you're going to start a church in Norwich called Soul Church. It's going to be part of what you grew up in. But hey, I've got to get you around a few twists and turns. There's going to be some painful moments. You're going to get rejected here, rejected there, but it's all part of your redirection. And right now, you might have been rejected in the job, rejected in the club, rejected in the community. And God's saying, hey, if you can just trust me, in this season, I am redirecting your career. I am redirecting your life and there is a greater blessing ahead of you. You see, rejection pushes you towards your destiny. You know Chantel? You know her story? Her whole life, up until meeting me, has been a series of rejection. Trust me, I accepted her. Loving arms, you come here. But Chantel's rejection is now her greatest redirection. Chantel is a blessing, not just to this church, but to the global church. Why? Because she realizes even in the pain, God had a greater plan. And every time we experience rejection, we've got to say this, God, I trust you. You know, without the rejection of 2020, and by the way, that was a year of rejection for all of us. We wouldn't have had the redirection of soul food, which has now been a blessing with over two million meals delivered. But everything felt like rejection in the moment. The restrictions, the guidelines, everything felt like was caving in and God said, just, just trust me that I know what I'm doing. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, not you. I'm the beginning and the end. You see, without the rejection of 2020, we'd never be able to reach the tens of thousands of people that we're reaching online every week. The people who are watching me right now, right now would not be able to watch me if it wasn't for COVID. In fact, give me a wave if it wasn't for COVID, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. You've discovered us or founders or got all these people. Just give us a wave. Just slip your hand if you're here because of the result of COVID. Just lift it up nice and high. I want, to, I want to show the church. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 12, 13. 
just in one service. 13 people here, because of our rejection, God said, no, you're just changing direction. And guess what? Then I'm going to use that to pour blessing onto the church. Who do I live my life to please? Do I accept rejection as failure? And then the big one. Number three, will I trust that love never fails? Will I trust that love never fails? This is the hardest part in the book. I talk about it right at the end. This is the hardest part of dealing with rejection. Because when you ever face rejection, there's always people to forgive. Often the way people treat us is not a reflection of what they think about us. It's about what's going on in them. So, so many times we take rejection personally when actually it's nothing to do with us. It's just a reflection of what's going on in their own life. And we've got to be bigger. We've got to bring the telescope back. And we've got to have a wider perspective on actually they're just hurting people. And hurting people hurt people. And we've got to take a step back and say, hey, I just happen to be in the firing line right now, but it's actually not me. People don't push you away because you're undesirable. It's because they find themselves undesirable. And when we feel rejected, Jesus commands us. Loving others is not a suggestion. He commands us to love. It's our duty to love people as Christians. Jesus on the cross, very last act before he died as he turned to this criminal he said today you'll be with me in paradise now just backtrack just a few hours Jesus has been arrested by the Romans he's put on trial he's loved the people of Israel he's fed them he's healed them he's clothed them he's, he's been there for the last three years every day come into Jerusalem, they've, they've worshipped him, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, they've waved palm flags, it is a triumphant entry, yet just a few hours later he's hanging on a cross, and Pontius Pilate was, he's quite a smart man, because he could see that Jesus had done no wrong, but then he wipes his hands, it says he washes his hands of the decision. He throws it back to the crowd. He says, no, I can't deal with this. He says, we've got a known criminal behind bars. His name's Barabbas. He's done some pretty bad stuff. We're going to crucify one person a day and you're going to choose who that is. And they, they chant, free Barabbas, free Barabbas. And Jesus goes to the cross He's not just carrying my sin and my shame and my guilt and my sickness. He can hear ringing in his background of his mind. He can hear Barabbas, Barabbas. He is carrying rejection. It goes back to what King Solomon says. We can sustain the physical side of it, but a crushed spirit. And Jesus' spirit in that moment was crushed. The very people who worshipped him and flung their arms up in the air were now the very people who hung him on the cross. And what did Jesus do in his last act with the thief on the cross who deserved to die? He turned, he said, today you'll be with me 
That is the greatest act of love. Jesus models this in his final breath. He says, what do you do when you feel rejected? You keep accepting. You keep accepting those who've rejected you. Because if your heart is anything like mine after I've experienced rejection, I've got to deal with it quickly. Joseph would have felt the pain of his family during the birth of Jesus. Jesus felt the pain on the cross. Forgiveness is not an option on the journey of overcoming rejection. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, we read it. Verse 8, we read it at weddings, but the truth is so real. Love never fails. Chantal is living proof that love never fails. We often talk about what's our life message. We've been talking about that recently. What's our life message? I think Chantel's life message, without ever actually saying it, is she is a constant reminder to never stop loving. She just oozes love. She's been rejected her whole life, yet she keeps loving. No, she doesn't keep loving for the person's sake, but for her sake. Because she wants to live unmasked. She wants to live free. And people are going to hurt us. Words will be said. We'll get unfollowed. People will get chosen ahead of us. But our response has to be, in a minute, Steve's going to come up and pray for a group of people. Before we do, our response in this moment is this. Who do I live my life to please? I'm going to choose to live my life to please God, not people. And the second thing in our battle plan is do I embrace rejection as failure? For some of you today, this is where we've got to trust God. Your rejection is going to become redirection. You're going to have to trust God. You know, there are some big, big things ahead for people in this room, in business, in family, but you've got to trust God in this season of rejection. And thirdly, will I trust that love never fails? Because it doesn't. I want us to stand and we're going to pray. Before I hand back to Steve, I'm going to pray right now. But if you're saying, John, I've been dealing with this mask. In fact, I've been wearing this mask of rejection for too long now. Today, I want to, first of all, acknowledge it, but I want to begin to remove it. Or for others, you're saying, I've got a battle plan now, but I refuse to live, holding on to the words, the pain, the past. Today, I'm going to find my acceptance in my audience of one. Just with every eye closed, saying, John, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel God speaking to me about someone, something. In that moment, just slip up your hand. Let me pray for you all over this room. If you're in your front room, just slip up your hand. Just acknowledge to God. Say, I've been wearing this mask for too long. I've been wearing this mask, but today I choose. God, I live to please you, not to please others. Rejection is not failure today. God has got a new season, a new direction coming for people. You've got to make a decision today. The rejection is not final. There is a new season. 
And then God wants to give you the courage and the strength to forgive those who've rejected you. So just slip up your hand all over this room if you say, yeah, that's me. Nice and I, let me see you. I want to pray for you. Father, right now, right now, Father God, we make a decision, Father, in your strength, with your help. Father, we're going to live for an audience of one. Father, our identity, our acceptance is in you. We thank you that you love us. You created us, Father God. You see us, Father God, and you chose us. Father, that's where our true identity is today. And for those, Father, who feel like that relationships, family, community, friendship is over, Father, because of rejection today, I pray that they would pick up this battle plan and go again. Thank you that you have new friendship circles. You have a new season, Father God. You have new beginnings, Father God. And we close the chapter on the old. And we open a brand new chapter, Father God. And we pray, Father God, as we come to the hardest part of the prayer, that we would forgive those who've rejected us. Right now, I just want you to, just in your heart, I want you to just... Forgiveness is a private thing. But I pray that right now that God would give, give you the strength just to forgive them. Let the Holy Spirit just soften you. Remember, there's probably a whole lot more going on in their hearts and their lives. and This is probably less to do with you and more to do with them. So Father, I pray that you'd help. Help us, Father God, on this journey. Pray for reconciliation, Father God. relationships, Father. I thank you that your love never fails. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Steve. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. It's a real sense of the presence of God here in this room. And I'm praying in your room, wherever you're watching online. Maybe, friend, you're new to church. You're not used to an atmosphere like this or a message like this. I want to take a moment to ask you about your relationship with God. Do you have a relationship with God right now? Maybe you thought church was all about doing certain things. But if you're really honest, you've never taken that step of inviting Christ into your life. Because that's what a Christian is. It's someone who realizes we, we can't live this life on our own, in our own strength. We need Jesus. Maybe you once walked with Him in this section or in this section or even in this section or there online. You once had that relationship. But if you're really honest, you've drifted away in this season. The good news is, friend, He still loves you. Aren't you glad His love never fails? He'll never reject you. Your experience of life may have been rejection. Your experience of God never has to be because of Jesus. So we would love to invite you to pray a prayer, either online or especially in this room. This is a private moment, friend. It's between you and God. You say, Steve, how how do I make this decision? It's really easy. You pray a prayer and you invite Him in. Maybe it's for the first time. Come on, why don't you try it? Why don't you give Jesus a chance in your life? Or maybe you've drifted and by praying this prayer, 
you're going to come home. He still loves you, friend. So online and in the room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? This moment is between you and God, friend. He loves you. He always has. He always will. If you want Christ to come into the center of your life, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And if you're in this room and you want to be included in this prayer, just raise your hand. If you're online, put your hand on your chest. All right? So are you ready? All around this room, this is your moment to get right with God. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. But we would love to pray with you. Maybe your heart's beating a little faster. That's a sign that God is wanting to come in. So all across this room and online, are you ready? You raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. That's it. Just lift it up. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Those of you watching online, you put your hand on your heart, maybe drop us a line in the chat. Beautiful. It's between you and God, friend. He loves you. All right, so all together, we're going to pray this prayer. So you're, let's all repeat this together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you that you loved me, that you went to the cross, that you were rejected so I can be accepted. I invite you in. Please forgive me of my sin and give me a new start with you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's congratulate those people in the building and online. And Friend, if you prayed that online, you'll see steps you can take online, links you can click. And here in this building, I saw hands over here. And maybe you didn't put your hand up, you're in the building, but you prayed it from your heart. As you leave, we go out through those doors. There will be team, and they would love the honor of giving you a Bible. You may already have one. That's cool. We'd love to give you another one to remember this moment when you reconnected with God. So come on, one more time, church. Let's congratulate those people. Make sure you grab one on the way out. And while we're at it, I thought that was a fantastic message by our senior pastor. Come on, he put a lot of honesty, vulnerability. So let's thank John. Loved it. Loved it. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.